2: It is locked on Jazz for the 11th of December. The Jazz in Minneapolis to play the Wolves. We'll look back at the first two matchups, but more importantly, we'll tell you why everything will be okay. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, bringing you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it a lot more fun to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks very much for tuning in. For those of you who listen on Spotify and got the Spotify wrapped, please send it to me. We'll retweet it. We're having some fun with those, so thank you very much. Kind of cool. Uh, Got one yesterday. Uh, I'll send it out here uh in just a little bit but uh pre- appreciate that so hit me at at locked on sports on twitter with it or at locked on live um but locked on sports preferably uh thanks very much for tuning in it uh i woke up this morning and um i could probably recreate this let's see let's see what it let's see what how this does this is just all you need to know um okay google what is the temperature outside like it's minus 18. It said it feels like it's minus 18. Yeah, I'm not going outside today. Holy smokes. Now the sun is coming up on this beautiful city, but it is cold out. Holy smokes. Um, By the way, I don't know if you know this, but uh, if you tell... Uh, the the G word, to play the news in the morning. They are now giving you fi- uh, little news updates that have five-minute, one-minute news into uh, longer forms. Uh, Locked On is providing some of the de- uh, NFL news uh, for that. They do it off your search engines and the fact they follow everything. They know everything about you uh, and they do that. So it's off the Google Assistant. You can actually get the Google Assistant on Apple as well if you want to. All right, let's get to it. Why are we going to be okay? Like, right? Like... This is stunning. Yesterday's show was everything that's wrong. Um, so I thought, like, okay, well, why are we going to be okay? Uh, I think the first reason that we will be okay is a cultural aspect to the organization. Uh, what the Millers represent, what Justin Zanuck, Dennis Lindsay in the front office, Steve Starks is president of the Jazz, and now all of it, and Jim Olson represent, And what our Quinn and who our players are. So, while we have a bunch of guys that are in an interesting stage in their careers, and we are certainly asking a good deal out of them on how to win, play with teammates, while trying to become an all-star, while trying to be a star, um, and and that is is difficult. We're asking uh, a difficult ask on Donovan... To be a third year player in the NBA and really the primary kingpin go to. Like, right, we're asking this in LA, they're asking LeBron to do that in his fifteenth year and multiple championships. In LA, they're asking Kawhi Leonard to do that in his ninth year with multiple championships. In Houston, they're asking James Harden to do that, MVP award, but maybe struggles with it a little bit. In Denver, they're asking Nikola Jokic to do it, and he's struggling with it badly. In Portland, they're asking Dame to do it in his ninth year, and now he has no teammates. We'll see how Toronto does, asking Pascal Siakam to do this in his third year over time. Philadelphia, inconsistently struggling, asking Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons to do this, young. So it's a huge ask on Donovan, to lead this team, and it's a huge ask for Rudy to try to be team centric, and and do all the things that he has to do while the world tells him he gets accolades for other things. And so, I think you know that's. But at at some point in the process, that gets that that will be okay there because those are good people. Um, I'm not to say you know. Not to say that if for some reason we don't get there, they're bad people, but because that's not the reason. But if they're, you know, those are these guys have the best intentions. They're trying to figure out how it is that they get to where they are and how they use those best intentions. And all, all of those aspects of things are still very, I think, very unclear. I don't, I don't think Donovan quite knows in the third quarter of a game down by five what he's supposed to do. I think he thinks he's supposed to go out and shoot every time, score, Willis back, wow people with a Donovan performance, and that feels right to him. And he might be right. I actually don't really know. Does he just play the game right and passively? Probably is the answer. Not doing that, but that's not an easy. So the first reason I think we'll be all right is the overreaching culture established across the organization and built. I, I know sometimes we'll use the phrase "jazz DNA." Um, I, I'm going to go with culture um, because I think that um, it's an ever-evolving process that has to be reconvene, you know, redone all the time um, and reestablished all the time. And the world changes every year. This is so. I'm a. I'm a. In that culture. You know, just because that culture was right, I, I'm big on this. There's no such thing as continuity in the NBA. So just because two guys were okay a year ago does not mean they're going to be okay together this year. And just because five guys were okay two years ago does not mean they're going to be okay this, this year. And just because 12 guys were okay does not mean they're going to be okay the next year. That 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 is not how this works. So that's the first reason. The second reason I think we'll be okay is Quinn he has an incredible understanding of how to tap into a team how for a group to evolve how to change the way he uses players to their the team's benefit while they believe it's to their benefit um you know jay crowder used to take a maybe unnecessary transition off-balance three a game and Quinn evolved Jay into a playmaker on the trail in the fast break where Jay felt probably more engaged to the game than he was otherwise as Quinn kind of evolved with using Jay in different manners and I don't know this for a fact but I've always thought that was a brilliant way to have Jay feel more involved in what he was doing more connected to the team and at the same time, get him to stop taking that crazy three rather than giving it to him as a negative. Instead, Quinn started talking about Jay Crowder's playmaking ability and how he could be a quarterback in high school and how he can be a quarterback on the court. And Jay fully embraced it. That's a subtle advantage or, excuse me, subtle uh, uh, example and maybe not maybe inaccurate, frankly. I just watched it. I, I don't know for a fact. It's not something you can go up and ask Jay, like, hey, Quinn's tricking you right now and it's not really something you can go ask Quinn and say, like, Hey, are you tricking Jay right now? Like you don't get that like there's no way to actually know this because um otherwise you're you know, you ruin the you ruin the surprise. But I watched it, right? Like Jay would take that that transition three. We all know it, we all see it in our head and then as the year went on, Quinn started integrating Jay as a quarterback and playmaker out of that set and Jay would still get his threes, but that one had gone away. And the team was better. It's also an example, I just think, of how special Coach Quinn is. Uh, and so I think that's number two reason why we'll be okay. Um, you know, the Mike Conley hamstring injury is unfortunate in that this is what Quinn was working with. I mean, I actually think it would have been all right if it was two games. It's now continuing, and I don't know when we see him next. Um, but it, it does seem as though, you know, this is now a little bit of a setback because, you know Quinn can't fiddle with how to use Mike, and you know every we, there's been a level where Mike's been adjusting the Jazz and the Jazz are adjusting the Mike, and maybe there's just a level where like everyone stops adjusting and just starts playing. Uh, maybe Mike runs that second unit. Uh, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Like just let him have the ball in his hands and have him go back to being Memphis Mike with with not a great collective group around him and have him make a bunch of plays. Um, so that's, you know, th- those are areas where I think uh, we'll be all right. Uh, there's, there's a few more. I'll, I'll continue to touch on them. Uh, today's show is brought to you by the store 6200 South, 20th East. Uh, it's just such a great spot. Utah's own. You see it there when you walk in. They see Utah's. It's not, it's not just words to Jeff and Scott. It's truly their passion is finding the vendors. Uh, I found some pickled items from Paige, who's a local pickler. And my wife loves pickled things. Like, you're not finding that anywhere else. That's a local woman who, uh, I mean, uh, who pickles her items and then sells them at the store. Uh, the various salsa Utah salsa companies that have brought their great uh, chipotle quesos that I'm a huge fan of. Actually, I like both the there's two companies there, so I'm not mentioning either one because I like them both. Uh, the chips that uh, Jeff. The, went to a wedding and the chips were unbelievable and he asked who got them and it was a local woman and he says, hey, well, if you we make more, we'll sell them at the store. That's what this place is all about. 6,200 South 20th East. It's about the high school kid from Olympus or Skyline who's helping the elderly woman out to their car putting the bags in the back of her car for her. It's about the cake to floors and the mudslide cookies. Their new s'mores cookies pretty good too, but it's not as good as the mudslide cookie. But it's unique in its own way. It's pretty good. Uh, check it all out. It's the store plus the new one at the gateway Uh, with the hot meals for downtown if you're needing a lunch, uh, plus kind of that urban setting. And there's a short, quick grab-and-go at 900 South and 100 West. It's
0: the store. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking Um I mean
2: I just think on one level the team will come together. Uh right now it's not, and figure out how to play together and figure out when for each guy to play. Like I think that's a huge part of it. Like figure out when each guy's gonna play. What is the what is the bench rotation? One of the things that they're tricked by right now or that they're stuck by with Donovan is Don is how many stints you play a player. It's not a It's not something that I think we talk about as fans very often. So when you look at a player's rotation, you either play two stints or three stints and a half. So if you're going to play 16 minutes, you either do it in three, six, five, six-minute bursts, or you do it in two eight-minute bursts. So you play the first eight or nine minutes, and then you come back and play the last eight or nine minutes, or you um, play the first 12 and come back and play the last six. Like, that would be two stints. What the Jazz are doing with Donovan right now is he's playing three stints, and I think he's better playing three stints. That's how his body works better. So he's playing the first six, then he's playing kind of the end of quarter three and three, and that actually almost becomes two different stints because of the quarter break, and then you play the final six. And that's oh, and someone to some extent has to do that. Uh, they Jazz started the year with Mike Conley doing that. And it was a feeling that maybe that was part of the reason Mike was struggling was because Mike was a two-stint player in Memphis, so Mike went back to two stints. Boyan seems to be a two-stint player. Um, maybe not. Maybe over time we'll, you'll see whether he is. But if you go back, I went back through Popcorn and looked at all of his Indiana time, and he was a two-stint player in Indiana mostly. And then Rudy's a two-stint player. So you need somebody to be a three-stint player Who's going to play with the bench? So the fact that right now when Donovan and Emanuel are on the floor together, that doesn't lead to very good offense. You know what? They're going to have to just probably figure it out unless you're going to flip Boyan, as we talked about yesterday, into a three-stint player. But this is probably a good example of where like, I look at the numbers and don't quite understand what it really means to coach a basketball team and to play a basketball team that you can try to follow my numbers, you want a wild goose change, but now you're changing, if Boyan is now playing three stints and coming out shorter, you're really altering the way he plays, and if Donovan comes out, you're really altering the way he plays, and he plays so hard that you might be, you know, right? So these are things that, frankly, we don't quite get. Uh, uh, we Maybe you do, I don't, and so sometimes when I talk about, like yesterday, when I kind of eh, oops, that's probably not great. Uh, the other one I think that will and then I'll and then I'll, I'll close today, kind of today, with two kind of basketball thoughts. Um, the other reason I think we'll get better is that some of our guys are going to get better. So obviously Mike's going to get better, I, unless Joe is. I think Joe will get better. Joe's got to play better. Um, so th- those will be very those will be significant. The third one that will get better is Dante. Um, a little bit because, um, and I don't mean this. I don't mean this. Mean He can't be much worse, but he also can't be in much worse of a circumstance. Um And what I mean by that is what suddenly is being asked of Dante right now is that Dante was supposed to come off an injury where he hasn't played for nine months and be, uh, in people's mind, I think better than he was a year ago. Like, there is something that has been lost... From the time Dante was playing last year to now, in a memory of who he was as a player, and and it is though I don't I'm using Twitter here, which is not always a very good spot, and I'm using Twitter um, on though I am using Twitter on some people I think pretty highly of um, the Dante. It is not humanly possible for Dante to get injured on whenever it was last year in January and be, not play, and be better in December. It's such an unfair ask of him by anyone. Um, And so, and then the other one that's just fundamentally not true is this idea that Quinn doesn't want to play Dante. In fact, the opposite is true. Quinn altered the entire rotation to get Dante in. In fact, the, the other one is that, like, when Dante started playing is when things started to go off, frankly. And so, there's a... Not because of anything Dante did, though Dante was not very; it was kind of non-impactful early on, and so there was a period where you kind of go back to the old thing and say, "Wait a second, can we regain some semblance of order out of our bench here?" Um, you know, the the numbers on Dante are, are are not good, and I have, and that in no way, shape, or form, for even a second, gives me any moment of evaluating Dante out of that. I mean, what a what it means is that, okay, it means that a guy's coming back from a another significant injury he's has not played a great deal he's probably though he has been incredible um about this, but he has got to be going through some sort of psychological something to break through um because he is he is i I, I can't imagine. Uh, that's the only reason, like he doesn't show any sign of it. He's incredible when I've talked to him, but there has to be some level of just, I don't know, like, I don't know what the word is. Um, but so, but so far this year when he's on the floor, like we can't score. And so he'll get better. He's going to get better. He's going to get more time. Those little five minutes at the end of the game the other night, was really important. His off, our offensive rating when he's on the floor right now is a 90.2, which is in the zero percentile. And our effective field goal percentage when he's on the floor is a 45%, which is, which is a in the first percentile. I know we all love him, and he's been through all holy hell, so we're rooting for him. But it's not like Quinn doesn't want to play him. The exact opposite is Quinn has probably done some things to sacrifice to the team. It might have derailed some things to get him on the floor. And now it's hard. Because we're not playing well. But he'll Dante will get... If he can fight through this, he'll get better and get better as the year goes on. And then when he gets better, we'll get better. The other one is that Moutier, I think, will get better. I actually... I mean, the, the problem with Moutier is how different he is one night to the other. But I have to say, the effort and desire on his part to try to get better is so clearly there. Now... It's a lot easier to do it against Memphis than Oklahoma City is getting up on you. Um, and when things get tough, I think he reverts back. But there's this a guy who is making a considerable effort to run the floor, who's making a considerable effort to run the team and to play in the system. He's not going to be a good shooter. He's above the break three. Just, it doesn't feel like it's going to go in. His corner three is actually okay. His mid-range game is decent, but it's not an efficient shot. But he's getting better. So as we begin to figure out the other aspects of the bench, Dante gets a little better, Ed gets his legs under him, or Tony starts to play. Um, you know, we figure out how to be successful with George Niang and Jeff Green on the floor. Um, or Jarrell Brantley and Mia One get to the point where, you know what, we're going to give you 12 minutes a night and just play your ass off. Um, whatever that is, that's, we're that's another reason why Uh, we will get better. I think Axum and Moutier will get better, which will pump up that second year. So those are the reasons why I think we'll be okay. Um, It's hard right now, though. Um, All right, two deep basketball thoughts coming your direction uh, next. These are the things that keep me up at night. Um, As stupid as that is, it it actually is true. Um, All right, the... uh, yeah, we'll do that. We don't have anything on Wednesdays we're supposed to do. No, Thursday's live show. I don't know how I'm doing all my shows tomorrow. That's going to be kind of wacky. Anyway, nonetheless, uh, today's show is brought to you in part by Sun Print Solutions. I think you've heard me talk about Sarah over at Sunprint Solutions. Sarah's cool. Sarah is a huge jazz fan. She and uh, her business partner bought uh, Sun Print Solutions a few years ago as the family that owned it was moving on, and now they have... Uh, built up this really awesome printing company. Um, It's one of the largest women-owned companies in Utah. Tip of the hat to them for that. Uh, So they're local, uh, they're breaking ground, and they're doing it with awesome products. For any of your printing needs, I mean any, Sunprint Solutions is the answer. So anything from Intercap Lending and Brock over there has to do printing for uh, end-of-year statements and things that are government-regulated. Sunprint Solutions has... All of the qualifications and the security issues, they can do that. The store does uh, printing for coupons. They can do that. The Utah Jazz do client things and season ticket holder things and free agent things. They could do that. They may have, in fact, because I asked her, what do you do for the Jazz? And she says I'm not allowed to say it. it's under an NDA. So who knows what they did? Uh, Zion's Bank, they do work for. This is an incredible company that can solve all of your printing needs. Email Sarah, S-A-R-A, at Sun Print Solutions. That's Sarah at S-A-R-A, at
1: Sun Print Solutions. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Lockdown's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s... It just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. i tried everything, massages, chiropractors. This at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun gen 4 with an oled screen personalized theragun app and the quiet and power you need starts at only 199 dollars go to theragun.com locked on the name of this network right now and get your gen 4 theragun today that's theragun.com locked on theragun.com locked on all right so here's my
2: deep thought basketball thought um it might not be that deep a thought it's interesting though to me watching us play this year It is the value of having a non-shooter on the floor so that you can move the basketball. When we had Jay Crowder and Royce and Ricky Rubio on the floor, predominantly Ricky Rubio, teams just didn't guard him. Or Derek Favors. Teams just didn't guard him. It made it incredibly hard to drive the lane the first time. But what? What happened with Rubio and Crowder, not with favors, this is where favors was more difficult, is fl- they'd swing the ball around. We drive, find Rubio, Rubio would drive and find the next guy. When you dribble and drive, regardless of your shooter, the defense has to bend you. Watching the Jazz right now, what happens is we drive in the lane and they suck onto our shooters. And we have a very hard time continuing to move the basketball. Because we don't have that non-shooter on the floor who gets the ball. Now, if that non-shooter is Terrence Ferguson of the Thunder, who didn't play the other night, probably to our detriment, and he can't dribble and he can't pass, then it's it doesn't work. So, like, when it was faves, it doesn't work. In Portland, it was a little bit of a problem because... Mo Harkless and Al Farouk um, didn't really pass. They could shoot, and if they drove, they were shooting. They could both drive two dribbles. Um, Tabo and Jonas were kind of right on the edge of that. Like, they were fine as one, two dribbles passed. The third dribble, it got a little tight. But there's, to me, we should be giving some value in the league, at least in the regular season, I don't know if in the postseason this works, to the dribble passer rather than just the shooter. The shooter is interesting, right? Because, and it's why the Ryan Anderson stretch four has disappeared. So the Ryan Anderson stretch four is just this guy who sits out there, plays catch and shoot, and nobody, and he can't dribble and he can't pass. And then, like, that player's gone. Like you've got to be it's why you have to then if they close out on you, you've got to be able to get by them, drive, pass, and shoot. And if you can do all of it, then you're really a star. But it is also why if you're just a wing player, a point guard, if you can dribble, drive, and pass, even if you don't have the shot, then I think you're I think you're okay. And it's interesting to watch us because we're lacking the, open, the, the unguarded guy in our offense right now. And there might just be a real value to an unguarded guy. All right, here's my other thought for you. These are the two deep thoughts of the day. It's like Stuart Smalley. Deep thoughts with Stuart Smalley. We always say, so and is doing this, and you're thinking about replacing it, or, wow, but it, it, it could be worse. Wow, I don't know, it could get worse. Now, like You know, you have a player. You don't really like them. You know exactly what they are. It makes you comfortable, even though they're not good. It makes you comfortable that you know exactly who they are. And you, the phrase is, you hear all the time, like, yeah, you could do that. But it could be worse. Like, what I want to know is actually, where's the moment where it actually couldn't be worse? Like, we talked about it earlier with, like, Dante. So our offensive rating with Dante right now is a 90.2. Let's pretend Dante's name. Let's pretend that we have a player named, uh, let's see, I was going to say Steven Adams, but that's actually an actual player. Who, Who? give me, Um. Freezing Cold, outside. Freezing Cold has an offensive rating of 90.2, or 88.4, like he's in the zero percentile. But Freezing Cold has been around for a while, we kind of know what he gives us, and it's not great to wear the zero percentile, it's bad. And, like, our other choice would be, like, uh, too young to know. Okay, so freezing cold and too young to know. We're, we have um, uh, we have kind of strange names here. Um, maybe. So anyway, so freezing cold uh, has been around. We know exactly what it's going to give us. And too young to know is our other choice. And the comment you'll hear is it, it could get worse. Like I want to know is what what is actually the level where it can't get worse. Like, if you go back to the Charlotte Bobcats of a few years ago in the lockout year, they were the worst team ever in the history of the NBA. Like, they scored at some level with clearly a terrible NBA team that was the worst team ever put together, and they still scored, like, 88 points a night, and they still got, like, 45 rebounds. Like, the game itself yields points and yields rebounds. So, like, what is the where is the line where actually, unless you're throwing out radio talk show host And TV sports personality, and you're just going to be too young to know, then, or talk radio listener or podcast listener, you're actually, I mean, you're dealing with an NBA player or caliber close. You actually are at that point. I really want to know that. Like, and I don't know how to figure that out. Like, what is the level where it just doesn't get worse? It's uh, the concept is what Kevin Pelton has built, which is replacement level. Um, <clears throat> but I'm not sure I may, and maybe that's the answer. It might take a phone call to Pelton today. All right. Those are my thoughts for you. Thanks for sharing the time with me. Today is a Wednesday, which means locked on NBA. At, uh, actually I actually think Nick filled in for with John and Jake. So that'll be a really good show. Rejecting the screen is out from yesterday. Hollinger and Duncan is out as well. So why don't you tell your smart device right now to play podcast, most recent episode of podcast Hollinger and Duncan. Let's see if we have a weather update. The snow has been going up. Okay, Google, what is the temperature outside?
0: In Minneapolis right now, it's minus four. Due to current wind conditions, it feels like it's minus 17.
2: Yeah, I'm staying in. See you.